I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive in season five of the Connor and Smith Show. All right. Well, we are underway our first weekend of season five. How does it feel, Matt? Feels great. I love talking to all of our friends from the past at SU. Yeah. And tonight we have Monica Moring, who you may know as Monica Coleman. I hope I'm saying your last name right, Monica. Moring? Moring? You'll have to uh, comment on the Discord and let us know. And speaking of the Discord, you haven't uh, logged onto the Discord board so far. There's some fun stuff. Uh, some people we have not interviewed yet um, chiming in. There's some pictures. There's some videos. Um, so check that out in the description of this podcast. And also check out our Spotify playlist from the late 90s and add whatever songs you think are missing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Monica. For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at bunnymanbrewing.com. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm seated here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, Matt. What's going on? It's so nice to talk to y'all. I know. We've got so much to talk about. It has been literally decades. And we have also with us our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hey, Monica. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm well. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, too. Where are you, um, I was going to say calling from, but you're kind of not calling. But where are you right now? I'm in Richmond, Virginia proper. From the, from the good old state of Virginia, the capital? That's right. But, you know, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> are, you, are you from Richmond? I am. I'm I'm from Richmond originally. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So Shenandoah probably wasn't that much of a search for you to find. Uh, no, I, I kind of looked at a couple schools. I, I wasn't really interested in, I wasn't really interested in going to college at all. <laughs> um, you know, I guess the, the nature of art is to say, I want to go do it. Um, but I'm happy to have had the experience and the education. And so I was kind of looking at VCU and Shenandoah and um, going away was something I wanted to do, not to be in Richmond. So Winchester was just far enough to, to get away and um, have a very different experience. You know, you just said something that I never thought of, but that's so true. Oh, oh, that's, that's Lord, yeah, that's Lord Byron and Edgar Allan Pug. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, that yeah, and college was not only about finding the things you wanted to do, but sometimes it was kind of reaffirming the things you didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what 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 have been how would have you been working on 
let's say during the last couple of years in the pandemic, did it completely slow you down? I know we're going to get to your upcoming projects and stuff, but how did you deal with the pandemic? So um, it was it was really challenging for us. Um, my husband, Tim, and I, who is also my partner in art, um, we work together. We have our production company right before things were shut down <clears throat> in March of 2020. We had just finished putting all the final touches on our feature film and we were set to have a screening in April and then start reaching out to um, distributors and representation and film festivals. And um, that all very quickly changed. <laughs> and we were in this holding pattern because um, production opportunities were not available to us. And um, Tim was very much along the thinking of um, something artistic has to come out of this. We have to, we have to come out of this with something. And um, <clears throat> about 10 years ago, we had worked on a, a, a project with rod puppets and it was very challenging and we had experimented, but it kind of got put on the back burner. And at the beginning of the pandemic, we said, we have all the time in the world to figure these new um, this new medium out because it was, you know, my, my stipulations for creating art was I want to create something that we can make now. The idea of writing something or working towards something in a world we couldn't create it in was really difficult for me. Um, so we kind of hit, a, yeah, I guess going back, we, we really did kind of hit this brick wall where we had been going really full force um, pursuing kind of these different artistic avenues, really looking to grow. And, you know, in, in the blink of an eye, um, my other, I guess, um, part of my, I've got kind of these two artistic worlds going on. I have kind of the, the production world and video production, and then um, my teaching. Um, I teach uh, theater and music. And I was an independent arts educator working on my own, going into low income schools and juvenile detention centers, doing drama and teaching guitar. And again, just like that, everything just kind of came to a, a screeching halt. So it was right. challenging. <laughs> so what, what brought, what brought you to the movies? Were you already in the movies when we knew you? No. So when I had graduated, um, I moved to Chicago with a slew of other Shenandoah graduates. And um, I was there for about two and a half years. And um, I worked with a theater company that was writing and producing and directing. Everything was in-house. And that experience really spoke to me in a way that inspired me to write my first play. Um, that kind of changed my whole life. Um, that play was produced and um, was well received considering and it just this switch in me that I wanted to learn about writing and um, it was hard being that far away from home and a couple other challenges just with growth and um, I moved back to the east coast and the plan was to move to New York and try to explore being a writer um, I wanted to learn about writing comedy um, and kind of outside of just being the actor. Um, that was in July of 2001. So um, 
September 2001 uh, was 9-11 um, and it was um, really horrible but you know I was with Melanie and Maggie and Shelly and Jeff Predmore and you know we and Rob Evanick we were all kind of together um it was it was tough and I had just left Chicago and so um I came back to Richmond not really knowing what I was going to be doing um by the end of October living in living in that area just wasn't working for me. I hadn't been there long enough to really get my bearings. And I came back here and had met up with some old friends and um, they had friends that were working in film and video production. Um, the band Guar is from Richmond, Virginia and their studio is here. And um, I met this aspiring filmmaker who was working on a horror movie. He had made a costume, but he didn't have a script. And I was like, oh, I'm a writer, I can write a script. Um, and that was 20 years ago, that was my husband, Tim. And um, that kind of opened my eyes up to the world of this completely other medium that I had always consumed and appreciated you know, as a viewer, but I had, you know, everything I knew about production was related to live theater. Um, and I really got a crash course in video production and makeup and special effects. He had been working at the studio, learning from them about sculpting and costume design. And he kind of passed all that along to me. And, uh, we, we made our first independent horror movie in 2006, Lights, Camera, Dead. And, um, since then we've kind of um, expanded into other mediums. So we're not really, we, we have this great network of people that we work with, um, kind of a collaboration of mixed medium artists. Um, it really, uh, that kind of mindset allows us to bring groups together. I currently um, really want to like go and see what's in your house. Oh, I, I feel like you just described like how Steven kind of lives. Like, you know, there's just things, uh, props and yeah. all kinds of things. You're like, oh my God, what is that from? Oh, that's not my last movie. It was an arm. Yes, we, I, I have an arm in my closet. I, tr <laughs> I truly do. I can send you the picture. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, um, it's, you know, it's, it's been really interesting to learn how all of that is created. I believe the last time I saw y'all was at like a horror convention in Baltimore. Oh my God, that's right. Like that's very. When you, that's when you bought that. What's his face a beer? Oh, Michael Berryman. I bought Michael Berryman a beer. Oh, that's cool. From and we, um, we sat Hills and Have right. Eyes. Yes. Yeah. We sat and had a beer together. It was really creepy. I just sat. I didn't talk. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you say? So, what is your process? I, I have a few quick questions. So. Is everything that you film and work on, quote unquote, in house? Are they all your ideas, and are you the the writer? So it really kind of it. it I, I'd say there's kind of a variety. Um, my husband and I collaborate. We write together. Um, there are our our series that we have in production. We're the executive producers of. Um, 
um, our longtime collaborator, Davis Bradley, came to us with this idea, and we have been working with him to bring all of that to life. But I would say before that project, um, if, if unless we were doing you know music videos or what I like to call non-traditional marketing, um, there are times that uh, yeah we're we are kind of coming idea first, but with our our feature film and our past films and film projects particularly, yes, we have written them and um, Tim directs and I produce. Um, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, so I'm going to ask you to. What, uh, what is the name of your production company? So the name of the production company is Aesthesis Productions. The word aesthesis comes from the word aesthetic, and it, it means to engage the intellect as well as the senses. Um, we say our, our production company um, mantra is less bore, more gore. And gore, gore kind of becomes the metaphor um, for we we try to make art that make art that makes you feel things from arousal to nausea. Um, gotcha. So. And and when did that production company form? So it it officially, I guess it officially formed as an LLC in two thousand and ten. But we got together and started creating, you know, we, we made our first movie, I'd say in, in 2006. Gotcha. So if someone is listening to this and they have, you know, an extra hundred bucks throwing, that they, want, they want to throw around or maybe a grand or two, um, is there a way to find you? Are you, is it, is it, is the fundraising on a project based thing or is it to the production company in general? How does the money work? The money has worked differently for each project. Right. Um, we have um, have brought, I guess, private investors or uh, producers. What's interesting at the independent film budget level that we are at, it's almost as if, you know, the finding finding the budget is is always the challenge. Um, we we've been very fortunate in finding people that I guess believe in investing in the artistic community of Richmond um, because it really it brings in so many different avenues of um, the music scene and the visual art scene and the independent film scene so um, we are looking though you know to to try to grow you know that is the goal um, we've, we've never had anyone knocking on our door being like, Hey, let me give you some money, which we would never say no to, <laughs> right. um, you know, everything just goes right back into the art. Um, the, uh, so the production company was formed about 2010. I think we saw you at that convention around what God, 2007. I don't even remember. It was definitely, it was, it was not in the last 10 years. So, no. I mean, it, it was, it was quite a while ago. Um, we, we love we going actually, to Harp. We love those conventions. Oh my God. I haven't been to one since, but I would love to. Um, I, it was funny because. We're going to have a convention at our house. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was, we were going there because the remaining living cast of Night of the Living Dead was there. And 
we were trying to write a Night of the Living Dead musical. And I wanted to kind of talk to them about it because I was, you know, I had a lot of balls to just go up and say, hey, yeah, what about this? And I got some emails and I got some whatever and I never got any traction. Uh, but we wrote that show because we there was a, a thing that came out at the time called Night of the Living Dead Reanimated that was um, different artists were assigned different scenes. I, I feel like I've seen that. I it's feel really like, cool. I feel like I've seen that. And and so I was like, how did they use, you know, the the dialogue and soundtrack of this film? And I contacted that filmmaker and they were like, dude, it's in public domain. Yeah. And and, you know, so after years of trying to get something out of them, you know, their surviving trustees that made that film and not getting it, we just kind of wrote it because we were like, okay, well, if they, the reason they're not getting back to us is there's no licensing agreement. They don't own it. Yeah. Um, but funny, funny uh, PS to that story is we finally have been uh, put in touch with Russ Streiner, who was Johnny in uh -huh. the film. And uh, the show is currently going through a process which will be approved by the foundation and so they will be backing it and like repping it that's so, amazing that's finally come come home out of that convention where i saw you very that's wonderful way. well if you yeah. need any collaborators in regards to makeup or production needs um we we love night of the living dead my husband's family is from pittsburgh and oh, nice. we have been to the cemetery and collected dirt <laughs> We go to yeah. the Monroeville Mall. <laughs> yes. And um, so, yeah, George from Maryland. Uh, Aren't you reading a book, something about that? I just finished reading a book. It's an old, old book, but it's called The Zombies at Eight Pittsburgh. Um, oh. And it's it's actually, it was put out by Laurel Productions, which was George Romero's, um, well, he, it wasn't his production company. He just worked with it uh, with it for a while. But it's it, it was written in like 1985, so there's like, you know, a lot of stuff that happened with George after that. So it was just kind of night till day. Um, but what's funny about that, uh, I, I, of course, have been to the Monroeville Mall. Um, there is you can go to where Day of the Dead. I feel like I'm just geeking out now, Monica. No, I'm, can, I'm, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> you can go to the place where Day of the Dead was shot, you know, the underground locations. There's like a cave that is like used for storage and other kinds. Anyway, in the uh, one of the DVD special editions, they tell you like, this is the number, the, this is the website for this place. And they're like, I have to go <laughs> to wow. those caves when I'm next time in Pennsylvania, um, just to kind of check off the box, you know? Yeah, I know, I, I the, the conversations about going to visit you know, where the evil dead cabin burned down. It's not even there. Um, you know, so I understand the wanting to visit horror uh, locations, iconic horror locations. Yeah, it's it's just, there's something about it. It's like- but, but I, what, Yeah, I wanna ask that. Like, what, what is it about horror in general? I mean, I, you know, I just recently during the pandemic read Stephen King's On Writing. Mm -hmm. And I think it took me to another level as you guys know, uh, we talked about it, just took me to another level of like, oh, I, I guess I always knew you were a brilliant writer, but now I understand that you're a fucking brilliant writer. Yeah. Hey, you know, I have a little, I have a little dog like y'all, and his name is Cujo Elizabeth. 
this is a little shout out to Cujo. Cujo, if you're listening, we love you. Oh, he, oh, that's Cujo from Cujo and Elizabeth from the producers. So, Monica, what is it about horror? I know Stephen could, you know, know, go on forever, but you know, when I saw it, the movie, I cried. Yeah. You know, I think that we don't feel fear is, is, is such a primal emotion that we don't really feel like anything else. Um, I, when I think about horror, you know, cause people will ask me, you know, do you like this stuff? And, you know, I, I guess I kind of go to, you know, I, I like my fiction, very fictional. And um, Clive Barker is a big inspiration to us. We're big Clive Barker fans of his art and his um, stories. And he said, um, I create in the dark and I live in the light. Um, so I guess this idea of kind of exploring these other realities or um, uh, characters and just struggles through this other lens. Um, you know, I jokingly, but not jokingly say, I can't watch Law and Order SVU because to me, that's sick. <laughs> you know, where someone will look at a horror movie and go, I don't know how you can watch that. I go, well, I don't, I don't know how you can watch that. You know, in in terms of shocking or, you know, I guess content to shock, Um, nothing against law and order, but, you know, it's the uh, reality isn't as interesting to me, I guess. Um, And even in some of the horror movies, I'm I'm, I like I'm not into horror. You know, I I need a strong motivation. Um, Right. You know, I need a strong motivation. But, you know, Stephen King, Clive Barker. Richard Matheson, you know, they just, the, the pictures that are painted. I don't think I know Matheson. I am legend. Okay. Yeah. Um, the last man on earth. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So you just said something to me that just inspired me to think about something else. I think that fear that we are all talking about actually fits into every other emotion as well because there can be erotic fear, there can be uh, a hopeful fear, there can be uh, all kinds of different kinds of fear, depending, you can be afraid of lots of things. So Mm -hmm. fear can also not only stand by itself, but also be included in so many other emotions. Yeah. It's fear of, yeah. I I think there's something else I take away from what you just said, Monica, the, um, how you like your horror fictional yeah. Um, it's interesting because if you are a lover of horror films, which I am, which everybody knows, um, does this happen to you? Someone will say, oh, you got to see this. You'll love this. And then I watch it and I'm like, that is disgusting. I hated that. What do you think of me? Um, I, I'm not so much like somebody lent me Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Whoa. And told me that I would love no, it. No, that's... That's not an easy watch. I I don't know what you think of me. Um, I am of the, I love all horror, but like if I were to pick some of my favorite stuff besides clearly zombie films, I love like atomic age fifties, like giant bug films. Uh Like those I could watch all day. I love um, attack of the puppet people. Oh, stuff like that. Yeah. Bird eye Gordon. Um, But I, I, I think that, when 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 shit gets a little too real, I'm like, you know, I could see this on the news. 
Um, I like the fantastical world. That's the reason we, when we watched Texas fucking, Chainsaw we Massacre. watched fucking check, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. and I freaked the fuck out. And I was that, like, this movie is so disturbing to me. I don't want to ever watch this ever again. We're talking about the original, not oh, the yeah. recent remake. Yeah. That's, I hated it. Well, that's that's great. You know, we've, we've been to lots of um, horror conventions where we've heard... Um, Gunnar Hansen talk about his experience making the original and I, I can't remember the actress's name it slips my mind but you know the final girl and to hear them talk about their experience and being in Texas huh. in the heat and the shooting schedule and everything that kind of played into it it's like you can feel that movie so you know what's interesting about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Hen Henry uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer is if you you know, the, the, if you look at how they're shot, or if you look at how part of Henry's ser portrait of a serial killer to me, the way that it's shot and how um, it's so casual plays into the horrificness. Um, and, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I, I, there, there are things, it's a very, very conflicted relationship with that movie because visually it's just beautiful. I said, you know, you can feel the heat. You can feel that. And that's, I guess that's where his thesis, like the, to be able to be like, man. You can smell that. You can oh, smell yeah. everything. Oh yeah, you can. It's, it's, the, it's viscerally felt, that film. Oh, and yeah. I think that's what Matt absolutely reacted With, to. Without gore as yeah, well. Without oh, any yeah. gore. Um, as we know nowadays, of course, with our technology and everything, you know, the, the, the key holders and the gatekeepers to, you know, how to get your stuff out there or how to get seen or whatever is really kind of flattened a lot. If, if you have a website or a phone or whatever, yeah. you can kind of do so much. What is your process after the film is edited and done? Does it go and live digitally? Like, yeah, do you have a distributor? So, so here's, this is, this is kind of our journey on this and it, it, it goes we wrote, we wrote, we spent about four years writing a, a horror movie that I would describe as kind of an evil Jumanji meets Reservoir Dogs. What? And yeah, it's, it's, it's called Savor the Kill. And we worked really hard on it. And we, we found our team after our last experiences. We said, if we're going to make another feature film, we need to bring together a team that we can collaborate with because it's so challenging. Making a movie is so challenging. And then when you add effects and makeup and other things on top of it it's just a whole nother level and um we found we found our team we found these wonderful people and then when we started kind of unraveling the process of making it we were like this is this is going to cost millions this is not something we can do on an independent horror budget so we said well let's make a movie that we can make that can showcase what our abilities are on a more limited budget with the idea of the growth to make this other film. So that's where Last Call, um, our feature film, it kind of comes into play. And, um, you know, so I guess the, the, the short answer is, I don't know. When we sold our last movie, um, it was 2009. And so the whole platform was different. And um, right. so it's, it's kind of, we are, 
have all this finalized content in kind of this new reality where you said if you have a, a phone you can make a movie and um film festivals now are getting just record numbers of submissions i got an email from a film festival saying they had eight thousand submissions this year so um we're kind of in the position of saying if we don't have representation and we are you know in a market in richmond virginia that isn't you know it it it, it brings in some larger projects and there's certainly independent projects going on, but it's not a city known for its film distribution or so, you know, we're, we've kind of been in this place of saying, what, how do we do this? We have a finished feature. We have a pilot for a series we want to make, and that's kind of where we are now. And we um, are trying to put ourselves out there more. Um, one thing we struggle with and is while we're creating the things, we're not thinking about promoting the things. And um, so we're trying to um, get ourselves out there a little bit more um, so that a farther reach can see what we're doing. And, um, you know, hopefully we can grow what we've been cultivating. It's it's so important always because this is a lesson that Matthew and I have learned as well is like it's not enough to do the good work. Mm, yeah. it, you have to do the good work and point at it. Mm -hmm. And in, sometimes the fact that you're pointing of it feels like uncomfortable because you're like, ah, I don't want to be a showboater. I don't want to. Sure. But then at the end of the day, you have to go, wait, wait, I just did a thing that not everybody can do. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there who want to see that thing. Or, or may want to, you know, it's, it's got to be hard. I mean, there's so, at, at, on one end of the scale, there's uh, so much starvation for content digitally, you know, there's, but on the other end, there's now, I always say, oh my God, there's too much shit to watch. Yeah. And, and it's like, I want to watch it all. And there's only so many hours in a day that I can, but at the same point, um, you know, talking about Roku or anything like that, 10 years ago is a different conversation than now you know i mean i used to have to explain to people what a roku was yeah we and um, now like my mom has one you know except yeah. she calls it the roku right the roku yeah we um we um it's i was gonna say something about roku um but yeah it it also people's attention spans and everything is so just consumed and spit out and so what is the best way to reach people when you know things are you see it and it's gone and um we are um working with a local theater company helping with them with some video promotion and just talking about even the the time out that they used to put into promoting versus now and just how that window just keeps getting shorter and shorter yeah because things are you know People see it and then it's gone. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like that with everything. Yep. Like everything is becoming an ocean, an ocean of content. And we are becoming like these consumers of content. Yep. I mean, I can talk to three different friends and say, what are you watching on TV? And they will all mention like series I've never even heard of. Yeah. Like, what? What is that? And they're like, oh, what's about this? It takes place in the West. <laughs> Have you uh, seen Black Summer by chance? No. 
Oh, it's really good. Highly it's, recommend. Yeah. It's where, where can I watch? Oh, on Netflix? Yeah. It's two seasons. It's a zombie. The second season is really great. They're all really good, but each episode is a different length. That It's just whatever time they need to tell the story. It's really great. Yeah, there's not a set length, and I love that. And sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes it, it like will follow a zombie. Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. And so you get perspective you, you hadn't. There's another great uh, zombie series on Netflix currently called All of Us Are Dead. South Korean. It's South Korean. It's amazing. Um, and then, of course, the, the Texas Chainsaw remake. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, we watched it the other night. What were your thoughts? Um, you know, I had a great time. I enjoyed it. Um, I had a blast. What's so different I, you know, about it? It's it's a totally it's like it's supposed to be a direct well, sequel. There's, gore. there's a lot. Oh of gore. yeah, that first kill is badass. Oh, it's a oh, sequel. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. I thought. Yeah, um, it was it was great. The sunflowers. Oof. Oh. Oh, the intestines out the the window uh, of the bus. Yeah, that there was a there was a lot of and and even like the the characters you think that you're following and then it's like you're you're shifting and following these other characters and um, I think that's really interesting. This does we, not sound like good fun. We, no, we uh, do y'all have Shutter? Do you ever watch? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we um, there's a lot of great stuff. We we enjoy watching the new things. Um, I blame society. That was the last movie we watched on shutter um or i watched um, i like how can we get you hooked up with shutter that's what i want to know well that's what we're trying to figure out of you know if if we don't you know so it's the if we if we is, are seeking out either representation is it something that we need to find to represent our company or um because a lot of these places don't take unsolicited materials sure you know sure. smartly um and I feel, you know, like we said, it's just at the, everything being so saturated with people saying, I have a thing that can be made. Um, I, you know, you said earlier about things being different time or time frames where uh, content isn't being put into like, you know, um, certain increments of time. Um, I think that there's a lot that can be done with that. Even when we're creating content now, we're thinking of that, um, you know, if, if, if we're going to make this into three episodes that are, you know, seven minutes or eight minutes, or we make it into a 24 minute thing. And, um, but even in, in the creating of it, of trying to plan out for what's, what's going to be the best way for this to be enjoyed by the world. Or do you cut it up into three minute segments and put it out on TikTok? You know. Well, you know, and that's, that's the challenge. One of, one of the things about one of our projects now, we, we said, it wasn't created to be put out that way. Right. So with our puppet project, our, I call it our pandemical puppet project. We, it, it, what was, what's been really interesting about this project is, okay, let's, let's write some wrongs. Number one, let's take pictures and videos of behind the scenes and everything we do from day one until the end of shooting so that we will have all of that material to point the finger at ourselves. Um, number two, let's create it in a way that it could be, it could be three minute segments. It could be nine minute segments. It could be a 28 minute segment. And, you know, but that's where what, even in the presentation of it, of trying to figure out the best way even to, to, to put it out, to convey it in that way, mm -hmm. to say, you know, but it's definitely something we have 
taken into consideration in in the writing and the filming and the editing? It's it's definitely the one of the waves of the future. Have you been on TikTok? Nope, not yet. And I've got I've got my good friend Jenny Lamb, who is all about it. And and I've got a lot of friends in my ear saying that's what you need to do. And again, it's just <laughs> it's doing it. <laughs> Yeah, no. it's 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 so interesting because I I'm such a I was the last person I knew to get a cell phone. Well, you know, I've still not read Harry Potter. Like I don't like a bandwagon. You know what um, I say? We're from the 2020. And I what I mean by that is and I know we're older than 40, but I say we had a solid 20 years of existence with none of this. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of actual being a kind of adult in the world without any of this in existence. So we had like 20 off and 20 on. Rotary where... phones, right? Yeah. I used, to, I used to have to go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you know what I remember about Shenandoah? Do you remember that the ATM machine, you could take out $5? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just. You didn't know about fees back then. No, fees. Fees, schmees. But, you know, so the idea of, um, you know, having the platform to go viral, to share your work with the world, you know, that the the whole idea of that. And, 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 you know, one thing I, I joke is there's, I wish I had pictures. There's so, I mean, there's a couple things. It's like, it's a good thing we don't have pictures, but pictures and videos of, you know, these wonderful experiences that I guess only just get to exist in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, So even navigating of, well, if, if this is the reality, then I'm not going to fight it, but how do I embrace it without it feeling like, Hey, look at me. Um, Also, you know, when I'm doing it, I can't even imagine talking about it to anyone else, you know? Uh, I want you to write something down. Okay. Um, when you eventually do join TikTok, because I think you should in the interest of your film company, uh-huh. the, write down this hashtag and search it when you finally do. Hashtag horror talk. So horror and then T-O-K. There are so many different things that put out horror chunks in like many different episodes that you keep watching to see what happens. Oh yeah, there's that one guy you like who does all the animation there's of the a, monsters. That was the other one I was going to tell her to look up. There's a guy. On, you could probably watch these even on Facebook, right? Maybe I don't know, but there's a there's a a, a user called Lights Are Off, and is that the guy that had the train video of the and it stopped? It's the animation. There's a monster. This guy does computer animation that's very whimsical horror that's like really smart very smart oh that's Um, wonderful and they're they're like they're like just like a minute or a minute and a half long and enough to make you just go like oh my god that's cool (laughs) awesome hashtag horror talk hashtag Mm -hmm. lights are off how many movies do you have in your library that are already completed of feature films that we made specifically yeah um, one feature film that we made specifically, Lights, Camera, Dead. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's a dark comedy about right. filmmakers trying to make a zombie movie. <laughs> so that, uh, has it ever been screened in an actual theater? Yes, we had, um, we were, we, we were in, um, some film festivals and 
had some screenings out of state and we had a, a screening at the Bird Theater in Richmond, Virginia. Um, it was fantastic. So are you like in your seat kind of like like white knuckling the, the chair? How do you view? I mean, I know how me and Stephen, well, Stephen likes to watch his work more than I like to watch my work because I like to kind of like say, okay, bye-bye. Yeah. I can't think about it. How is it to see that in such a, I mean, the movie theater is so big. Yeah. Well, but, you know, by the time that you're finished with a movie, you've seen it so many times that what's more interesting to Tim and I is to watch other people watch it. Right. You know, it's really the watching the reaction of other people of, you know, things I think are funny or things, you know, what, how are people reacting? Um, and that was a wonderful experience because it had been, you know, the, the dream, you know, that first movie, it was, you know, we, we, ignorance was bliss and we, we just, what we didn't know, it was, I say it was our film school. Tim studied um, theater and design at VCU. So we both come from theater backgrounds. Um, so um, having that experience was pretty wonderful. Um, the right, so right before shutdown, um, or lock in, whatever you want to call it, the pandemic, lock in, we, I like that. yeah, or, you know, on my phone, I had a, a folder of pictures and I called it captivity. <laughs> yeah. We, I um, think I totally could be in prison now if, if there was wine. Well, I said, you know, we are the Maitlands. So I said, we, one day I was sitting there and I was like cross-stitching and Tim was painting and I was like, we're the Maitlands. This is Beetlejuice and we're the Maitlands and that's it. But um, we, um, with our, our feature, we had the um, opening credits animated and there's some visual effects and there's all these layers that we wanted to go into the theater um, to, before our screening to make sure that the, the, that it exported correctly because mm -hmm. of all these layers. So it was like March 12th or 13th and, we sat at the theater, um, kind of the, the core of us that were involved in it. And we, we were able to watch it on the big screen. And um, it was pretty magical. So we, we are just waiting for that opportunity to be able to watch this new, this movie. You know, the, the feature that we say, this is, this is our proof of potential with our team. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know... We just cannot wait to have that experience. Do you remember going to performance forum? <laughs> I do. Okay, so here, just hear me out. I, I don't know if this could happen. I'm not going to manifest it. I know we were supposed to do everything yesterday on two, 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 two. Yeah. But I, I'm seeing this girl that goes away to college and has to like, suffer through all these other sometimes great and sometimes horrible performances but in her mind they turn into horror things <gasps> so it starts it starts out as like you know something someone's playing a concerto or something I love it into, then the piano lid opens up and out comes you know this horrific scene and she's like I, drug. I don't <laughs> I love it what you know I had a funny conversation with Melanie about Performance Forum just a couple weeks ago. Oh, my God. And I was saying that I felt kind of guilty about because there was a Melanie and I played Game Boy. We sat and played Tetris. And, and I said, how could we do that? Like, what was wrong with us? And Melanie said, you know, 
they, the way that performance forum was presented to us made it seem like a chore. It wasn't presented to us in a way where we were saying, hey, we need to go support each other. You know, we need to see what other people are doing. So the idea of someone having to go and sit with it and in their imagination, turn it into something more interesting to consume. That's a great idea. And you could have it to be, it could be dance. It could be music. It could be theater. That's fantastic. Yeah, a TED Talk. Can it be in that, um, in chapel. the chapel? In the chapel. <laughs> In Goodson, it could be a series, and each episode is a that's great. It's just, right? it's just called Goodson, <laughs> and, the, and people are gonna be like, Is this about a good son? Um, I remember hating performance forum too, and now that that's an interesting discussion. It's homework, it was homework. Well, it was, it was punishment, it was an obligation that, like, you were always like, Oh god, I've got to go watch freaking arch, yeah. Ugh. Whereas it should have been presented more like uh, support your your friends. Yes. Although we were also selfish college kids. We wouldn't Absolutely. have gone. If we didn't have to, we would not have gone. Absolutely. Well, I, I would like to present my movement piece based on wildflowers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, also what you just said, like we were playing Game Boy, we were playing oh. Tetris, was like the most 90s sentence I've heard in a long time. Oh, I can't believe it. We did. We had... Oh. That I, I think of that memory, um, and I just go, man. That's... But what 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 was some of the things that you put in your purse and took back to Richmond from Shenandoah? Was there any? Oh yeah, lots of things that you kind of kept. I mean, I, I know I kept a lot of my, uh, my improv from Lindy. That is like my go-to toolkit. Yeah, my I think what I took most is the. Um, Everything doesn't just come together. The process, the, these are all of the things that have to happen before you are in front of an audience. Make no mistake. <laughs> and to, to be uh, a part of it from each perspective, you know, to, to have stagecraft and stage lighting and makeup and costuming and being the actor. And so getting to see it from all the angles was the most valuable thing for me because it was, you need to understand how everyone else's job works. You need to be realistic about pre-production and um, what needs to happen to be successful. Um, I remember, I mean, Mr. Herman once said he was like, rehearsal starts at 7.30. You're not getting here at 7.30. That's when I'm starting. And the idea of, yeah, like everything needs to be planned. Everything needs to be, you know, put into its place to, to be successful, um, you know, because of live theater or production, there's just so many things that can be unexpected or, you know, happen unexpectedly. So control the things you can control. I think that was a, a biggie um, that I, I took. That's kind of how I felt when I finally became a waiter and was a manager of a restaurant in the same way. Like, I think everyone kind of needs to have a, a restaurant experience because, you know, when you work in a restaurant, you don't, you're not just in charge of one thing. Project management. <laughs> yeah. You're, you, and you have to know all the things because one day when blah, blah, blah doesn't show up, by God, I hope you know how to do this because that someone's coming in to get soup. Yeah. Yeah. 
my other my other funny thing I joke is um, my fir the first play that I wrote is called The Curse of the Scottish Play, and it was based on my frustration of being in a Shakespeare literature class. So <laughs> it was like I had taken my experiences of frustration of of trying to understand having this existential crisis about this play, and I I did I turned it into my first comedy. Um, but That's I you know name. I yeah brilliant title. <laughs> That's, that's, I mean, you, you turn, what do they always say? Write what you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's um, I, I, I think of you frequently when we, so Matt, Matt's first musical he wrote was called Nevermore. And it's about Edgar oh. Allan Poe. Oh yeah. I know all about it. I've been following y'all and um, I listened to the episode where y'all talked about it. I, I mean, I'm love Poe. Oh yeah. Cause Richmond, there's hey, such, there's such, we claim, um, we, we claim Poe too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys have like all the, the, the museums and everything. Oh, yeah. Unhappy hour. We have an unhappy hour. You have oh. an unhappy hour. Yeah. That's what they call it. The unhappy well, hour. I don't know if this is true, but I've heard, I heard that because the Allens were from Richmond, that the things that are in Richmond are kind of nicer things of Poe because Baltimore didn't quite have the money. So their museum is a little bit more, less, lesser than Hmm. Richmond. Would you say Poe? It's more Poe. <laughs> it, it's Poe. It's, and, <laughs> and then, of course, Philadelphia and New York both want to claim him as well, but they always fight over that because um, of his connection uh, there. Did y'all ever see the Masters of Horror that Stuart Gordon did of the Black Cat with Jeffrey Combs? I did, yes. Whew. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but sorry, nevermore. I, I just know I just frequently like I you and Richmond kind of co coincide in my mind because I'm like oh Monica lives in Richmond like you're the person I know who lives in Richmond you know so, Poe lives in Richmond so I, I I always think of you in some way because I've never seen any of that Poe Richmond stuff and I'd love to oh yeah it's it's a, a beautiful museum and they have interesting events like unhappy hour. Um, I love that. Um, so let's talk about what's happening right now. You are you in the middle of the last call. Last call is finished. So it's finished. Yeah, that we we had like you know um, it it was it was ready to present to the world, and it, it was literally finished in March 2020. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Love that. Um, so this is kind of, this film doesn't fit in one particular genre. This Twilight is kind of- Zone-ish. Twilight Zone-ish. A tragic comedy. <laughs> yeah. So this is about like the people who don't move on with their lives or there are the supporting characters in someone else's. Oh God, is that us? No. <laughs> well, no, because, you know, I, I say no, because you've written a musical. No, because you have- You've gone past discussing what you want to do and have uh, um, attempted to do it. And um, last call is the story, you know, of, of, a, of a bartender whose best days are behind him. You know, you think about the bartender. They are involved in, in, in a lot of people's lives and um, have these relationships, you know, but, but at the end of the day, they might be giving, you know, serving shots for the bachelorette party, but they're not going to the wedding. And 
So, you know, when, when you're, and it really is about regret. It's not even just about like bartenders, but it's kind of the idea of when you're, when you think your best days are behind you, you know, what, what do you do? What do you turn to? I was a, a lot of people for like nine years. So I totally oh, wait get a minute. It. Let's just think about that. Like, that's really, really amazing that you have kind of put that into that perspective because that's clearly there. Oh, yeah. It's sad. The number of people that are like when we when we talk about the movie or not sad, but the number of when we talk about the movie, the people that say, oh, yeah, I know that person or, oh, yeah, I am that person. Mm. Yeah. Um, just the it's this kind of stuff kind of stuck in this place of you know well what what do I do and what can I change and who do I blame and how much of it is my fault and when am I lying to myself and you know when am I beating myself up and America it's, yeah, I, I, yeah yeah it's it's kind of a theme you know regret it's kind of even the why we made this movie of well if we wait until we have all of the resources in place to make savor the kill then we might never make it so it's like time waits for no one. So, you know, let's 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 explore the theme of regret, right? And hope that we have none ourselves. Hey, you know, I mean, it's it's it, and and it's it's interesting. I say we. I I'm going to include y'all in in this. So, I feel very lucky to have kind of art in my life or purpose in my life where there was there's there was always something to be done and I think sometimes as artists we take for granted these passions that we have and that we're fueled by these things where you see something and it makes you think ooh we could write a even that like I mean we talk about performance form and a horror movie based on performance form and just that kind of the way that your mind goes um, I think we're really fortunate in that way um, you know, but I say, I don't want to say most people aren't, but you know, most people aren't. Yeah. So what, what happens then, you know, what happens when you didn't do the thing you wanted and didn't try the, the thing who, you, who do you blame and where does it leave you? Yeah. We live in such a constant world of creative thought. Um, yep. Now we still do make a list for the grocery store. Of course. <laughs> we still do talk about, you know, uh, household things, but the, the, the glue in between all of those is creative thought. I wake up almost every morning and I sing Stephen and the dogs a song. <laughs> and it is always, always an embarrassing made up song. Today it was about, my dog's laying in the blanket with me and I called it, what, the, the pug burrito? Mm -hmm. And it does, it's not gonna go anywhere. I'm sure it won't be on a t-shirt. Got a beat, you can dance to it. But um, it's that creative thought that sort of, uh, I pause when I start thinking about or talking with like my mom about my brother who is selling his truck. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh God, what a, what a boring discussion. Okay, well, I'm glad he's selling the truck. Um, and it's, it's not that that's even a boring thing, but we live in a different uh, troubleshooting headspace, yes. always. And when me and Steven are going through problems when it comes to maybe a money decision or um, a creative decision or whatever, it's always our creative 
um, uh, problem solving. I was gonna say, yes. I was gonna say creative mathematics mm-hmm. that really helps to get us to a solution um, that's not just checking a box. Yeah. I think that's so wonderful. And I, I, one thing we, we both share, you know, working your, your partner in life is your partner in art. Mm -hmm. And so it is just part of everything. Um, I joke sometimes, I think our, 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 our most, you know, hurt feelings come from art, not relationships. (laughs) Like our, our, our things, you know, it's not the um, marital or, you know, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. It's like a, you don't like my idea or, you know, it's, it's, I feel, again, I feel very fortunate to, to share a life with a partner where that, that's how it can be, where um, it's, you know, art is our, our third. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and even for like, um, you know, some of our friends that necessarily aren't making money anymore from the um art per se you know still are using their art yep in, in some other capacity even that, in parenting well, yeah well, totally just uh, being a creative thinker of uh, of you know, navigating their life yeah my whole teaching philosophy um is that i say i'm gonna use um theater and acting and play production as a learning platform for building self-confidence and strengthening public speaking skills so people can be more comfortable playing the role of themselves because at the end of the day that is the the biggest takeaway for anyone involved with anything related to the performing arts um and it yeah it's it it really can be applied to anything yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, my day job, I work for a, a nonprofit um, and I, I, I'm not trying to talk about myself, but it, you are. I know, please, what, please talk about yourself. I want to know. No, but what I'm saying is I, I and I'm not uh, I want to be very careful here uh, in a room full of people who, let's say, don't have creative thought, but like have job positions in local government or whatever else. I can sometimes walk into a meeting and come up with like three or four creative like solutions to a problem that people are like, Oh my God, that's such a great idea. And, and I keep telling this to Matt. I'm like, it's, it's just because we're creative thinkers and not everybody is. Yeah. And it's such a special skill set that not everybody possesses that, you know, our friend Bly used to call, you know, she's like, well, they're muggles. They don't get it. Yeah. And I never really got that because I was not, a, I'm not. Harry a, Potter, you haven't a, read Harry was, Potter. I never read that, but I get it now. There are certain people that are magic. Magic. And there are yeah. certain people that don't understand magic and yet they want to see it. Um, and I, I truly believe that you are definitely making magic uh, with Tim. And I, I think I'm so excited to keep watching your journey. Oh, and, thank you. And I want you to 100% keep us updated. Are you ending this? I'm, I'm just trying to sum up Is everything. Is this the wrap up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to sum up everything because I, we, 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 we kept her yeah. way too long. Oh, we get hey, I, could talk, I could talk with y'all all day long. I know. Well, clearly we could too because we're like almost in an hour, but it's yeah. delicious. Um, well, we're so excited to talk to you. Best of luck with everything. If you ever need us to lift up anything with our community here and say, here you go, this is what's happening. Or you want us to 
Um, I don't know if you need uh, me and Steven to write a few rock and roll numbers. We will. I I would love to talk with y'all. Um, one of my very dearest friends has this amazing idea for a rock opera. And as soon as she began talking about it, you guys uh, uh, came to mind immediately. So we should definitely plan time to have conversations about many things. Yeah. Because um, even if we can, if there's anything that even we can do, we our network in Richmond. We have such an amazing community um, and we would love to collaborate with y'all. Absolutely. Are you like downtown Richmond, like sidewalks? Mm -hmm. Are you like you have yep. a backyard and you're kind of like... We are right in the in the fan, right near Carytown in the museum district. Just a hop, skip, a jump away from Maymont, and um, you know it's we're yeah in the city proper. We we have a, a a split unit. We have a backyard and a porch and little Cujo oh. Elizabeth and has Cujo appeared in any of the films? Cujo is a black toy poodle <laughs> and i have this great idea for a short film for him but we just haven't made it yet <laughs> um, look well, out coming to tiktok that yes. window of opportunity well, will yes align. it would be a great it would be a great tiktok movie um or video i just you know, just doing it <laughs> well, i'm foreseeing a richmond trip where we uh take in the poe museum and catch yes. up with you Yes, and you, my house, there's many things in my house I would love to share with you. I'm um, sure. The arm. And, the arm. Oh, yeah, the arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica, well, we love you, and we will be in I'll touch love about you those too. other things. Thank you. It was so nice talking to y'all, Ryan. It was so good to hear y'all's voices. Thank That's you so much. Thank you, Monica. All right. We love right. you. Love you, too. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Monica, for joining us. Uh, I feel like we're going to work together on some kind of thing in, in the, the future. future yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, there's such a synergy amongst our kind of like brands of what we do. Um, we're going to put all of your links in the description of this. So please check out um, all of Monica's info. And again, chime in on that Discord board and on the Spotify playlist. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, so like, like I've said before, we're dropping two a week. Um, so there'll be two more Friday and Saturday of next week. Keep that Discord board alive through the week. Um, throw up any photos or videos uh, that you want to put in there. Monica, if you want to put some uh, great little YouTube links on the Discord so people can see what uh, your studio has done, that would be amazing. Um, but yeah, we will uh, try to keep the content alive through the week before the next episode. So, if you want to learn more about us, you can visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can follow us on Facebook and TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss anything. Rate, review, share, post, do whatever it takes to get the word out. Um, we really appreciate it. And uh, this has been so fun already. I can't wait to keep um, revisiting our friends from the Shenandoah days of the late 90s. Um, but until next week, uh, we will see you all later. Bye. Bye.